BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast, where it's all about inspiring change and transforming lives. And here's your host. He's an Amazon best-selling author, six-figure blogger, internet marketer, and one of the top life coaches in the world, Stefan Palernos. Hey, everyone. This is Stefan from ProjectLifeMaster.com. Today, I'm excited to be interviewing a good friend of mine, Jordan Gray from JordanGrayConsulting.com. Jordan's a good friend of mine. He's also a relationship coach here in Vancouver. Uh, he's got a great blog, great Kindle books, great business that he has helping both men and women how to succeed more in their relationships and from a really high conscious uh, point, just how they can better that area of their lives. So I'm excited to talk to Jordan today and welcome to the interview. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Stefan. Cool. So um, maybe the first question is just, do you want to give some background on how you got started becoming a relationship coach? Sure. It's a, it's a fairly unique story in the way that I've really always known that this was the job I was going to have. Like literally since I was seven years old, like since I basically formed memories, I always knew that I wanted to work in this job that I also knew didn't exist back then. Like I remember doing research when I was in elementary school, looking into degrees or, you know, any kind of like formal education that taught people how to have better relationships. And I couldn't find anything out there. Like I could be a general therapist, which is too general, or I could be a divorce counselor, which is too depressing. And so I basically just massively self-educated. Uh, like my room was half books on everything to do with psychology, relationship management, uh, human sexuality, motivation, behavioral change. And yeah, basically from like 16 years old onwards, I just, my life was, you know, self-educating and being autodidact and learning what makes a relationship or sex life thrive. Like not just... You know, not just like exist and how do we get by and not get divorced, but, you know, like positive psychology, how do you like really go above the waterline? Right. So, did, yeah. Did, did so you have, and did you have anything that like really motivated you to get into it? Like, for example, you know, you know, I was a dating coach and you've, you've been as well. Um, but for me, like I know the pain of seeing my parents get divorced and mm-hmm. seeing the destructive relationship there motivated me to get this area of my life handled. And also for me in high school, like I had no success in relationships with women. You know, what's, you know, did something like that motivate you to really get this handled? Somewhat from a, from a different perspective, I had a very uh, like healthy familial upbringing where my, my parents, my like both sets of grandparents and basically all my aunts and uncles, like there's almost no divorce in any of my extended family. And I think I'm just a generally anxious person. And so when I see things working really well, and like I was the only person of all my close friends that wasn't a child of divorce. Like my parents were like strangely high functioning. 
And so I think that made me feel anxious of like, okay, how do I make sure that I can trend towards that? Like, what do they do differently than, you know, the majority of couples or, you know, half of couples that end up in divorce? So I think I just, I needed to reverse engineer it and figure out why, like what makes any relationship work. And yeah, I just want to dig into it for myself and not fall into it, but like really, like a really skilled auto mechanic, when your car breaks down on the side of the road, you always know how to fix it. Like that's yeah. what I wanted to be with relationships. That's awesome, man. I, I think like the most important decision you ever make in your life is who you spend your life with. And relationships, for me, it's like the number one thing in my life more than money, like anything, because I think it just brings so much fulfillment to your life more than anything. So I think yeah. like mastering this area of your life has got to be one of the most important things. It touches everything. Like there was even like a 75 year Harvard study where they followed people from like their 20s, you know, into like their like oldest age. And basically that was like, it was a million, like millions of dollars in this yeah. study. And like they found like what makes people actually happy, it all comes back to relationships. Like totally. I've met tons of, you know, multimillionaires or like people that had like half a billion dollars. And if they didn't have those close intimate relationships, like with really close trustable friends and an intimate partner, then you know, they were not thriving people. Yeah, I totally agree. Cool. And what would you say are some of the biggest, most important things people can do to have an amazing relationship? I'd say the first most important thing is to fall in love with yourself first. Like if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, like it really is the foundation that you build a skyscraper on top of. And if you're building a skyscraper on top of quicksand, then no matter how amazing or aligned or congruent of a badass partner that you meet that like would be great for you, if you have a total lack of self-care, self-love, self-esteem, if you're not really a big fan of yourself, if you're doing work that's really unaligned with who you are in your core, then it doesn't matter who is offered up to you, you know, even if you could be married to them in an amazing way, if you don't like you, then it's, it's really like next to impossible to fall in love with anyone if you don't love yourself first. Totally. Is there certain things people can do to improve the relationship they have with themselves? Yeah, tons of things. That was like its own hour-long call. <laughs> uh, increasing self-love and self-care. I'd say the first thing is like, even just writing, like, you know, this is like a basic Tony Robbins exercise, you know, write down a list of 25 things that you love doing and then acknowledge the fact that you're probably doing next to none of them. Like, mm. you know, things like, oh, I love going to movies by myself or going to the gym or reading fiction books. I'm like, okay, when was the last time you did any of those? And like, well, I don't know, maybe four months ago. It's like, proactively investing in your happiness rituals and really like if you know you love going to the gym you haven't done it in a month like your soul is suffering every day by not being who you know you can be totally you know you know i totally agree with you actually i for me like part of my morning ritual is based on this as well because i think taking time for yourself each day to really nurture yourself give yourself everything that you need just to be at your best and i always ask the question you know if you love someone you know, what do you do? You usually spend time with them, you compliment them, you give them stuff. But like, how often do we do that for ourselves? How mm -hmm. often do we look in the mirror and compliment ourselves? Or, uh, you know, spend time with ourselves just doing things that can connect more with ourselves. So I love like just a morning ritual or something um, to take care of yourself. And I, you know, I can relate to this too, because, um, you know, I know like, for example, my sister who's married and has a kid, um, you know, oftentimes they'll spend so much time like just busy doing all this stuff, but they don't take care of themselves. And if you don't take care of you, it's like you can't give to your partner, your relationship, other people in your life if you're not taking care of you. 
Yeah, right? it's the so, overflowing love above what you've filled yourself up with that you can you know, truly give to other people. Otherwise, if you're not taking care of yourself first, then it's just an imitation of love or like, oh, like here's, yeah. here's like an invented scrap that I can you know, pour my very limited, like already empty gas tank energy into you. But yeah, in that situation, no one's really winning. Totally. Like they're getting an imitation of love and you're feeling totally drained and ugh. Yeah, and I think also like a lot of people, they, they're like, they're very needy and they like have a relationship be like, they need a relationship to be happy yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. And um, they end up just like, you know, you got two needy people and they're just kind of like so dependent on each other. Whereas yeah. if you take two people that are like independent, they're loving their life, they're happy, then you put those people together, it's a totally different dynamic. It's that force multiplier. Yeah, it's like, you know, if each person's like, it's like five times five equals 25, whereas, you know, even one times zero, like one complete person with an incomplete person equals yeah. zero. Like it drains both of you. Totally. So what have you found in terms of, um, you know, what have you found like can help make relationships last, like last longer for, you know, because there's some couples, there's some people out there, they're together for like 80 years, you know, like it's ridiculous. Yeah. And there's other people that are like going in and out of relationships, they're getting divorced. So what do you think are the things that can help make that relationships last long term? I'll give an example of uh, one thing, like as you're getting into the relationship and then while you're in sure. it. So the first one I think is absolutely vital and it's something that is not talked about nearly enough in any part of society is this idea that I have of feeling compelled versus cornered. Like there's a very, I actually put an article a few weeks ago that I saw you like and comment on. So I know you've heard the concept before, but when you first, you know, when you first meet or you first getting to know that person that you might be interested in, there's a very tangible feeling and it's like, it's almost that tired cliche of like, you just know, but if you kind of feel like cornered in the steps of like, oh, like, you know, the first date was kind of fun. Maybe I should text them. Maybe we should hang out again. Or like, oh, I guess at the end of our day, I guess I, like the thing to do is I should kiss them now because that's what people do. Like that feeling of being cornered is so like limiting and stuck and just stagnant, gross energy. Whereas the feeling of being compelled, it's that like effortless slide where it's just like, I'm aware of like the other options that I have, but you, like it's so you, it's so obvious. There's no hesitation when you ask them to like, you know, officially be your boyfriend or girlfriend. Like it doesn't feel like, oh, like here's a thing that I should do because oh, like Jordan Stephan said that's good for my business and so I might as well have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like it is a very different feeling when you're coming from that place of self-love and completeness and you meet someone else that you're like, wow, I'd like them a lot and I just want to make their life as and as amazing as possible, yeah. and they have that towards you, it's just that, that, that force multiplier skyrocket effect that, yeah, that feeling of being compelled into it and having it be effortless is like, that has to be the foundation. <laughs> and the, the second part of being in a relationship is, uh, I touched on it, alluded to it a little bit, but that feeling of like, focus on making their lives better. Mm. Like, don't be, you know, just like this scorekeeping mindset of, oh, like, you know, what have they done for me lately? Like, I, I wish they'd do this for me more. I wish they'd compliment this or, you know, give me more quality time. It's like, what have you done for them lately? Like, wake up every morning. And if your only intention within the area of your internal relationship is, you know, how can I make my girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse's wife yeah. a little bit better? How can I put a smile on their face? How can I, like, bring them one tiny step closer to their dreams? If that's your intention and you're both doing that towards each other, then you're laughing like that's yeah. what makes relationships really thrive and, and that's what people do at the beginning right like people do that at the beginning it's like you're so excited about the person you're in love with them 
So you'll like, you know, you'll text them, you'll talk to them more, you'll give them more attention, you give to them more, like all these things that you do naturally at the beginning of the relationship. And one good saying that I've heard is that if you do what you've done at the beginning, then there won't be an end. So, yeah. you know, I think just going back to that, because I think after a while, people, they lose, they like stop appreciating their partner and they take them for granted and all that. Totally. And I think you always have to um, appreciate take it. Them and like do those new to you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And how about just passion? You know, because I, you know, he, one thing I hate is like, I, I, I've talked to people and they're, they're like, yeah, you know, like it's always exciting at the beginning of the relationship, but then like five, 10 years, there's no passion and like there's a honeymoon phase. And even if that's true, I refuse to believe it because I don't think that supports me in any way. And there are couples that are like together 50 years and they're so in love. They're so passionate. They're like high school kids. It's disgusting, yeah. you know, like, yeah. And like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's a total cop out. We're like, oh, yeah, you just, you know, you like each other this much because you've only been dating yeah. for a couple of years. And like, I get it, you know, like, sure, like that's your belief. That's probably the majority of society's belief. But, you know, I think that you and I and probably every single person who would be watching this podcast, just because a belief is commonly accepted society-wide means nothing. Like, that doesn't mean we need to follow it in any way. And, yeah, like, in my, one of my last books called Keeper Captivated, Lead Your Relationship to Its Maximum Potential, I interviewed over 50 couples that had been married from 10 to 56 years. Oh, wow. And... Again, coming back to that, like, why do relationships work? I just wanted to dive into, like, what do all of you do differently? And I saw so many shining examples of these couples that, yeah, some have been, a lot of them have been married from 25 to 55 years, which by most people's standards is quite a length of time. Yeah. And I heard every single day from these couples in the interviewing process things like, you know, even after 56 years, I'm still so excited to come home to my husband. And like, there was no like, oh, I'm just telling myself this, or this is a story that I need to convince myself to like, not get divorced. Like, they were stoked. Like, they loved each other. They were, yeah, like they were cuddling in public and just all about it. Um, so coming back to how to keep that passion involved, I think there's two main things. Making sure that you maintain some sense of independence and autonomy, that you each have some piece of your separate lives, whether that's like, you know, a lot of these couples had rituals like they would have a weekly, um, like, like, you know, the guy has like a weekly guy's night where he goes and does whatever, you know, they play poker or knit, like whatever they need to do, they have their guy's night. Uh, female partner has their girl's nights or they even have like more meta, like they might have like a weekend or week-long getaway once a year just to like have that recharge time, something that's totally separate from their partner. Because you know, there's, that, there's that expression, I lost myself in us. Like there has to be, you know, you, me, and the relationship. There's three entities. It's not just, oh, we're now like the amorphous blob called the relationship. You're still two people with your own, you know, yeah. senses of self, ideally in a relationship that thrives. Yeah. And the second part is just a general sense of intentionality. And I think that Netflix is one of like the worst things that's ever happened to modern couples because it's it's one of those like just shut your brain off kind of unintentional things that you can do. I'm not saying like watching TV or movies as a couple is bad at all, but I know that there are a lot of couples that that's kind of like date night now is yeah. like, Oh, just huddle up under a blanket and watch Netflix like five nights a week. And like, yeah. that's so the opposite of connection. Yeah. It's an instant flow state because it shuts your brain off, but you're not growing. You're not sharing new experiences. Yeah. And like even making a half of those dates in, or you know, time spent together into you know, taking a cooking class, learning a new skill, 
taking in a new form of entertainment, going to an improv show, like anything that's a new shared experience. Like there's yeah. just, there's so many benefits to it that I'm not going to go awesome. into it, but yeah, yeah. Man, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, it, it kills creativity because you just, your all your dates become mundane, the same. You're sitting at home watching a movie, watching. Yeah. I refuse to like get into any TV series, right? Because like everyone's into it, and I know like I'm gonna get sucked in, and it's just gonna yeah. become this, um, this just like I just you know you just get addicted to like a show, and it just consumes so much of your life. And um, one thing that's really helped me and my girlfriend is we have a bucket list for our relationship. Mm. You know, we've already done so much on that. You know, going to Disneyland and like just crazy stuff but we always have to do something every week on that bucket list nice. so it's it creates the variety and mm-hmm. um the spontaneity and all that stuff but yeah i can definitely relate because i know in previous relationships it's just like okay now let's just get together and watch movies and sit around and um yeah i think it's good once in a while but it you know it just takes away as you said the connection the newness all that sort of stuff and I love that, you know, like we've talked about your relationship off this call before, and like that even speaks to that feeling of like being compelled. Like I've been the same thing in relationships that I didn't care about as much because it's like, ah, oh, like, yeah, I'm hanging out with them, so I guess we'll do whatever. But the relationship, like that on purpose relationship that you're so stoked on, those kinds of passion projects are just so much easier to even like want to invest in. Like, oh yeah, here's like, here's our bucket list of, you know, it's an ever growing list of 30 things currently that you never, even if you do come home from, you know, both of you had like a long day at work, you don't need in the moment creativity where you can go, okay, like which of these sounds appealing right now? And it's like, it's just, it's always there. It's an auto autopilot, like pile of romance. Yeah. What just, what about just some uh, date ideas do you have? Like, for example, I know you've got a whole book on 50 date ideas, which is, yeah. I got to check out and read. Um, but you know, you and your relationship, you know, what kind of dates have you planned or examples or things that people can do just to use their creativity? Sure. Um, off the top of my head, uh, we have done like uh, art night things where we like we'll have a bottle or two of red wine and like little like cheese plates and we'll set up newspaper all over the carpet and like and make paintings together. We need to do like our own canvases or usually you know create a shared one. Uh, neither one of us are artists. Like it just again, it's that like brain stretching of what's a new thing that we can yeah. share and grow to grow with together. Uh, going to aquariums, going to science center. Uh, we've done paintball. Um, going on like weekend getaways to you know cities within like a two-hour drive or two-hour commute from our city. Um, you know, even if you both have full-time jobs, uh, there's you know it's again that intentionality. It's super easy to book like an inexpensive forty-hour little vacation that just like busts up your your routine and gets you elsewhere. Yeah. Um, a lot of major cities, depending on where the viewers are watching from, yeah. have really cool, uh, this is generally colder weather activity, but like driving out near your airport and like parking your car underneath where the cars land and like putting a blanket on your, over the hood of your car and like having hot chocolate and thermos and like having planes land right over you. That's uh, uniquely most people haven't done. Yeah, I, I can fill the whole call with this. My book, Pretty awesome. Powerful Date Ideas, has a ton of ideas. Yeah, I love that. And, and I, I do a lot of that stuff too, but I'm just always, I know for, for my girlfriend, like one of my outcomes is I always plan something and she, you know, she lives like 30 minutes, 40 minutes away, uh, but she'll come here and I'll make sure to plan something for her. And it's always something new or different or creative. And I like to surprise her too. I like to, I like the anticipation because I think anticipation is powerful. Like, 
Yeah. Um, it, it builds up uh, just this energy inside herself being surprised by something and it just kind of keeps them throughout the week looking forward to something new. You totally. know, and then she'll usually plan something when I go out to visit, you know, drive, drive out to her place. Um, but yeah, I find like surprising the other person is always fun. You just remind me of something that's like super important to, mess, to mention right now. Um, you know, I bet a lot of people that are listening to this call have heard of like the sales concept, like the psychological sales concept of commitment and consistency. And like how we're talking about building our relationships and date nights and like the level of effort, intentionality, energy, resources that we put into that version of dating versus, you know, Netflix every day, just by the, fa- by the actual fact that you're like committing that much energy and intentionality into relationship, our brains actually work this way with love that when we put energy into someone, we actually backwards rationalize and go, like, we actually chemically, we fall more in love with them and stay more in love with them. So if you're putting like the less and less energy you're putting into it, like the less impressed you'll be with them day to day. Whereas like, wow, if I'm really like, you know, like your brain feels like, oh, if I'm like winning them every day, like I am, then like I must really be into them and like actually makes both of you feel more in love. So just like the women benefits, just they're endless. Totally. And what about people? Like, what do you say to people? They're like, maybe they're watching this and they're like, yeah, that sounds great and easy, but I've got three kids and I work, you know, 12 hours a day. I don't have time for my relationship. Like, what do you say for people that, that say that? Uh, I'd be surprised if those people were listening to this call, but uh, I think that you know it's the exact same excuse for oh I don't have time to go to the gym. It's like I'm not saying that you like you definitely don't need to start by doing the 48 hour you know local vacation little trips. You know like whatever you decide to make a priority in your life, whatever you decide to put in your calendar, like if you care about enough, you can make something happen. And I get it. There are sprinting phases, especially if people are like early on in building their businesses, building their brands, that you really are just crazy slammed and doing 15-hour days, basically seven days a week. And that's fine. And I'm not saying you have to have a date night every single week. It's a non-negotiable thing. But I don't think there's any phase in our lives where you can say, oh, like this is a time where I'm allowed to completely ignore my relationship or my partner. Like yeah. To me, that's total BS, and it's just always a cop-out. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen the movie Sex Tape. Have you seen that? Oh. No, okay. You should watch it. That actually is pretty funny. Um, but it's like about this couple and um, they like they started off like having amazing sex, like a passionate relationship. And then they had kids. And then all of a sudden it's like they didn't have time to have sex. And it showed like before they go to bed, they'd just be tired, exhausted. And they would have to like schedule to like have sex um, sort of thing eventually. Uh, but I think, you know, you're right. It's just an excuse. Like there's always a way, there's always time and you have to make it, I think the, the most important thing in your life because, you know, it, it affects everything for you and you have to schedule it. You have to make it a must just like you would with anything else, you know, and I think people put work and some of these other things more important, but I think you always have to make sure that you have that. And even, you know, people put kids more important, but I think if, if, I've always heard that if you have a happy relationship, the kids are going to see that because you're their role models as well. And if you just, yeah. you know, n- ignore the partner and you have a de- you know, a bad relationship with them, that's going to affect the children's concept of a relationship later in their life. Totally. Yeah, I'd say each parent's primary job is to love their partner. Like you, parent second, and yeah. you know, some people definitely do put their kids above their relationship, and it's backwards. And I would say the same thing with business building. Like I've heard a lot of people say, like, 
Yeah, like relationships in like a bit of a slump right now. We've been married for a couple of years. We've been together for a couple of years. But I'm just I'm really leaning to work, and so like you know I'll I'll start up date night again later. And I think it's it's literally backwards. Like I think you can, especially if you're first starting out. Like some people say, oh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get a girlfriend or I'll invest in my relationship when I'm at 10k a month. And I'm like, no, it's backwards. Like invest in your relationship, yeah. and you'll get to 10k a month faster totally, because yeah. you'll work smarter. You'll be more emotionally balanced. You'll be like physically recharging yourself. Like you know, people don't feel guilty when they go home after a long day at work and plug in their phone, but they do feel guilty taking time off from building their brand and plugging in themselves by saying like, I'm gonna, you know, even just like cuddle with my partner for an hour at the end of my day. Like, just, yeah, absolutely essential. Totally. Um, so on your, on your blog, you get a book on relationship killing mistakes. What are some of the mistakes or challenges or whatever people are doing that hurt their relationship? I'd say one of the biggest ones, one of my favorite ones to talk about is scorekeeping. Mm. And it's, it's a far reaching, like it's a cancer of relationships. Just like as soon as you start to entertain that mindset of like, not just, you know, not just tuning into what have they not been doing for me lately or like when is the last time they did this thing that I used to like, but even just that like that scorekeeping one to one, like I've done these three things last week and what have they done for me? Like when you even begin, you know, you've heard from Tony Robbins, like reticular activation system, like whatever, whatever you seek, you'll find. And it, it, yeah, it's just like any, any semblance of that mindset is just, it's so poisonous because even in like seeking out what they haven't been doing for you, right. like you'll, you'll invent things, you'll yeah. skip over things that they are doing for you. You'll prioritize the things that you're doing is more important than theirs. Like, Look, I took out the trash three times and like they haven't at all. Meanwhile, you know, they've made dinner, done the dishes every single night, but you're ignoring that because you're taking those things for granted. Yeah. So yeah. that's by far one of the most like cancerous, poisonous things to do. Yeah, and, and I think just like giving unconditionally to your partner without any expectation of what you're getting back is what you're saying, you know, and just and I you know, I know for myself so there's you know, if I need something and I'm like I'll just, instead of just like trying to get something, I'll just turn that around and be like, you know what, I'm just going to give to this person. I'm just yeah. going to light them up. I'm going to surprise them. Because I think if you light up someone else and you meet their needs and they're happy, they're going to reciprocate. You know, yeah. like, if, but if you're in this place of like, they're not giving anything to me, so I'm not going to give anything to them. It just like, it's downward spiral. It's a cold war where like neither yeah. one of you is emotionally investing and you're both suffering. Yeah. And it's like, you know, there's nothing wrong with if there's a certain need that, you know, like no, no human in the world is a mind reader as much as, you know, a lot of women seem to like have such deep intuition that they sometimes seem like they can. If there's something that's not being met consistently, then like, yeah, it's totally fine to like be the mature person and like have a conversation about like, hey, you know, would you mind if we had like incorporated more of this into our relationship and like be intentional about verbalizing it. But yeah, it, it's going to be a pretty rare partner that if you're doing like, you know, 10 units of investment in the relationship that they'll do zero, like it does come back to you. It's the same thing as like, you know, there might be, you might be adding crazy value in your business for the first three months of like, you, you know, the startup phase of just starting. And if you're, if you're from day one, like, oh, I put out like five blog posts and nobody bought my offer. Nobody took the call to action. It's yeah. like, don't worry about it. Like you're planting seeds. Like that's all that matters. Totally like as long bad. as you're, as long as you're putting energy into it, like it'll come back to you whenever it needs to. It's awesome. Let's talk about sex for a minute. <laughs> Always a fun topic. You've got a lot of great articles on sex, and it's such an important part of a relationship. Um, what do you think couples can do to improve their sex life? 
I'd say one of the first most important overarching things, something that I know that you're quite proficient at, is exercise. Mm. Uh, it's like exercise, eating well, sleeping well. Like testosterone only produces um, while we're sleeping, and men and women have testosterone. For those that haven't studied it as feverishly as I have, it's basically it's the sex and sex and aggression hormone. It's largely responsible for uh, for libido, for sex drive, and there are certain like there's certain stress hormones that will that are only released through crying or through sweating, and so if you're not doing one or both regularly, um, you know, women tend to have an easier time crying. One of those theories is that because men sweat easier, we actually release those like those tear hormones out through our bodies because we have bigger pores than women do. Um, but yeah, if if you're not exercising and also crying, since that kind of got swept into it regularly, then there's going to be a ton of stuck energy that really will mess with your sex drive. And, you know, it could easily be the difference between, like, having the desire to have sex, you know, once a week versus five times a week in the same healthy person. That's awesome. I remember another thing I I remember, I think I read on your blog, I think one of the biggest complaints that you said women have with men is that there's a lack of connection and just like when you're making love, like looking in the person's eyes and connecting with them. Any, yeah, do you want to expand on that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I pulled all the women on my email list and basically yeah. asked them, like, you know, what bothers you the most in bed that happens with your like heterosexual, like male partners? And something that I had heard of slightly before, but never to this extent from so many different sources, was a lot of these women saying, like, oh, I really don't like it when my partner just like buries his face in my neck. Um, not ever, like, you know, something like, like having their, like, shoulder, neck bitten yeah, during yeah. sex or, like, you know, being kissed in the neck is totally fine. But they felt like if it was too consistent, the guy just, like, buried his face in his partner's neck, it felt too disconnected. Like, you know, he's looking to my neck, I'm looking at the ceiling, and there's no, like, emotional connection there. So, yeah, on the other side, like, not necessarily, you know, like, hold unblinking eye contact the entire time, <laughs> but... Yeah, investing as much into the emotional connection, uh, spiritual connection as as physical technique, if not more so. That's awesome. Let me ask it for single people. Um, so people that are watching that are single, both men and women, what do you think? I mean, we mentioned loving yourself as an important thing. I think important just for attracting the right person as well. But um, what can single people do to find their ideal partner? It's funny. I've been coaching full time for coming up on seven years now uh, in relationships, and I feel like the further I go into it, the more I feel like, like the only like true timeless valuable advice is that you need to build a happy single life first, and just like completely, like so fill up your life and your calendar, and your hobbies and your passions with like with things that are so so you that it's almost like you don't even have time for a relationship at all. And it's right at that moment when you're so happy and so fulfilled and so like congruently you that someone will show up in your life that is also living a very, in a very similar or very aligned or very supporting you know, lifestyle or way of living. And they almost like they fill in the cracks that you couldn't even perceive that you had because you already felt so fulfilled. It's like I'm already so 90%, 100% me that oh like someone just like came in and made me like 120 percent me i didn't even know that was a thing yeah so yeah like whenever people go like how do i find this kind of person it's like you know one more like you know immediate or tangible way of getting into that is 
you know, write down like the 10 things that you most look for in a partner and then strive to become those things for yourself. That's awesome. Yeah, that's what actually what I did. I actually wrote a list of exactly what I want in my relationship and then who I have to become to attract that person. Yeah. Sure enough, my girlfriend showed up in like a few days later. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I still believe that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you know, another thing too, I, I really believe you attract what you are because if you're like, you know, you have drama in your life and all that sort of stuff, you attract that person like into your life too. Like I see relationships and there's like so much drama. Like I know like we live in Vancouver, you go to Granville Street, you know, Saturday night, you know, it's like a nightlife area and you'll see like couples like, you know, the guy yelling at the girl, the girl yelling, the girl like doing things to make her boyfriend jealous. And I'm like, oh my God, like I've never even seen like, cause my friends and stuff, like our friends, we don't have relationships. We're very high level people and everything in our lives. But when you're around other people at a lower consciousness in a way, it's like, there's just so much drama, whatever it is. And they're attracting that cause that's what they are. Yeah. You know? So I think like working on yourself, the more you improve yourself, then, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, guys like me and you, it's like, if we went out to a club, we, you know, even though there might be like a beautiful girl there, we probably couldn't really relate to her very much just because we're yeah. at a, such a different point of our life. We're interested in talking about certain things. You might talk about goals or these sort of subjects and she yeah. wouldn't even understand like what that is. Right. So like just when you improve yourself, the people that can relate and connect with you are the ones that you end up getting in relationships with. So it's interesting when you improve yourself, how that changes. Totally. And one of my favorite like ideas around that mindset is I've heard a certain reframe about falling in love. And like when you really fall in love within that kind of like on purpose aligned relationship, it's basically like you falling in love with them is also you falling in love with yourself. Right. right. Because you know, there's like that fairly foundational idea in like most fields of psychology that anything, it's all projection. Like anything we do love in others and like about others is what we secretly or not secretly love in ourselves. And what triggers us, what we don't like in other people is what we don't like or haven't consolidated about ourselves as well. So when you're living that kind of on purpose aligned life and you meet that person that is a good match for you, like generally you can like consistently hear like, oh, like what are the things that I compliment them on the most? And you're like, wait, like, no, you know, for you, example, yeah. for example, it's like, I love that she's so driven. I love that she's so fit. I love that she's so intentional about life. And like, all those things are very self-reflective things that you would also say to yourself. That's true. That's true. And how do you know if maybe the person you're with is the right match for you? <laughs> the million dollar question. I've written <laughs> several articles on this and definitely, I guess, question on the, you know, definitely like multi-weekly basis. The first thing, which is like kind of a different backdoor way into this that I want to touch on is... It shouldn't just be, I love them. Like I just, I just have like a big pile of emotions for them. And John Gottman, who's, he's basically like the grandfather of the relationship industry. Like he's got tons of stuff, you know, really quality stuff. It's a little bit like sciencey and dry, but um, it's actually like very research based, science based, and he's a solid dude. Um, one of the things that he talks about is how just having, you know, good feelings about someone isn't necessarily enough. You, you do want to, if someone said like, oh, like, what do you love about what your partner brings to your life? Like the couples that have like obvious, tangible kind of value adds, like, oh, like, I love that, you know, that she or they add this to my life or they really like support me in this way. And like having those things that off the top of their mind, they know how like this is the way that my partner makes me a better person. The more of those you can have off the top of your mind or just in your relationship at all, like that's massively beneficial. Mm, that's awesome. 
Other than that, good signs are generally that your oldest parents and friends that you still feel like are aligned with the version of you that you are now like them. I say that, you know, I really emphasize who you are now because, you know, maybe you have some friends from, you know, like a, a two or three version to go version of yourself that you haven't, you know, maybe just haven't let go of yet. And often those friends can feel the most threatened by your new partner because they're a reflection of where you are now. And they're like, oh, like, you know, this person so isn't, you know, the you that I know. They're not the old, like, party Stefan. Like, and you're like, yeah, 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 but I'm not the old party Stefan. So yeah. uh, having, having, like, your current aligned people be a huge fan of them you know, to the same degree that they are hopefully a fan of you. Yeah. I've also found just, you know, like, the, the their nature and their, like, qualities and goals and all that and their values have to be aligned also so that you can like if you see yourself in 10 20 years 30 years 40 50 years like you still you got you both got to be like heading in the same direction because if you yeah. aren't it's like you know if you, someone's aligned you're going to go to this way but if you're not then you might be together in the moment you might be aligned but if your visions and goals are different you're going to end up like totally further separate further apart. away yeah yeah. So I think just um, I think I've learned from myself is like finding out as much as I can early on. Yeah. As soon as I meet the person, first stages of dating to determine that's really what dating is. You're seeing whether this person's right for you long term. Yeah. Um, but the more that I've learned about psychology, self development, and learn about myself, the easier it's been for me to decide and pick the right person. So. Totally. Because yeah, you could you could argue that you know self help, self development is truly just like a huge game of self-reflection. Like looking back at yourself and being like, who am I, what do I want, where am I going in life? And then once I know those things, then you can find a partner that's actually aligned with you know, the you that you figured out, oh, I'm actually very this version of me. So yeah, like that's, you know, it's a game of like testing and standards and boundaries, but like on my first date with my girlfriend that you know, I'll like probably marry, it's like very going that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, on our first date, I asked her a question that if she wasn't the right person for me, it would have totally scared her off and freaked her out. Like within the first like 20 minutes of us sitting down and meeting, I was like, how important to you is like your sense of growth in life? Like how much do you invest in your growth? And you know, if I was talking to some like 20 year old, like, woo, party girl, then she'd be like, what kind of question is that to ask on the first date? <laughs> and I go, a question that matters to me. It's been nice yeah. meeting you. Yeah. But like to her, it was like the most natural question in the world right, because right. she's so that person that is an aligned fit. That's awesome. Cool, man. I want to wrap up soon. We covered a lot, but is there any closing words or is any final piece of advice that you can give to people that maybe you, you wish that you knew years ago? One of my favorite things lately that I've been really juggling around in my head is that every person must ask themselves three questions in a row. And they have to be in this order, otherwise you get pain. Who am I? Where am I going? Who will come with me? And the vast majority of people go in basically the exact opposite order of, you know, because they don't have a sense of identity, a sense of self, they don't have their core values or you know, goals or life really together, they look for a person to complete them. You know, men and women do this alike at any age. And it's that like, I so don't know me, so I can find an identity by having a partner as a mirror to like reflect off of me. Um, or even that can be like an ego-based dating thing of like, oh, like I must be a quality person because you know I attracted like a hot partner or like an accomplished partner. Right. Um, so yeah, really 
you know, there's a reason that a lot of, like the majority of people meet their eventual spouse between the ages of 27 to 34. It's because that's when you're really knowing yourself the best. Mm, so like just so dive into your relationship with yourself first and foremost. And you know, the crazy highly aligned partner that lights you up on every single level and permeates and blows up your life in the best way possible, like they'll just naturally be attracted to you for who you already are. Awesome. Cool, man. You want to share with people how they can get, find out more about you and uh, some of the products and services that you have? Sure. So the main hub is jordangrayconsulting.com, J-O-R-D-A-N-G-R-A-Y consulting.com. Uh, they can find my books on Amazon. Just search Jordan Gray. You know, basically, they can just Google me. Like Amazon, my website, I'm the number one matches for both. Um, I've got three video courses on my website, one on how to have the best sex life possible, one on how to find your ideal partner, and another one called Fight Less, Love More, about how to have the best relationship possible. And then I also do one-on-one coaching, uh, at least at the time of this recording, uh, that you can do, you can apply to work with me through my website. So yeah, jordangreeconsulting.com, that's the major hub for all of this. Awesome. And I'll put some links below uh, for people to check out. But highly recommend you guys connect with Jordan. Um, you know, like him on Facebook, go to his blog. I mean, you, you put out so much content. I'm blown away by the amount of articles and content that you put out. And I love it. And, you know, his Kindle books are great. Uh, we've actually done an interview together on Kindle publishing as well. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm just happy to hear that you're doing awesome. And just thank you so much for your time today sharing this information because I think it will help a lot of people. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. Make sure to visit the blog at www.projectlifemastery.com for more videos, podcasts, and articles that can help you take your life to the next level.